This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Exactly 292 days since City kicked off their campaign in the capital city. It will be another trip to London for the Blues, who are now champions of England, of course, as they wrap up the 2022-23 Premier League season with a game against Brentford. It's Friday the 25th of May. I'm Amos Murphy. And I'm Lee Bardsley. And this is the City Report Podcast. Where is going from? Unbelievable! Manchester United 1, Manchester City 6, it's 2 for Dzeko. Tottenham Hotspur 3, Manchester City 4. They have made the impossible possible. This episode of the City Report Podcast is sponsored by Beer Monster, the best place to find your favorite brews for refreshingly low prices. Start the summer off right by ordering one of Beer Monster's draft tap machines so you, the listener, can pour the perfect pint from the comfort of your own home. Listeners to this show can snatch a further five pounds off their next order with the discount code CityPod05. That's CityPod05. UK only, T's and C's apply, drink responsibly. Luke, welcome. Um, full disclosure, if I do nod off, it is, I'm recording this exactly the moment, having walked through the door um, on the way back from Brighton. So I'm a little bit drained, I'm a little bit fragile, as you can imagine. So what better way to get back into the mood than to speak about another game that's on the horizon against Brentford. But first things first, how are you doing, mate? You're good. Yeah, not too bad. I, I'm in the same boat, just finished work as well. So um, if we both nod off and um, there's, a little, there's a lot of awkward silence later on for the listeners. Yeah, you just have to nudge us a little bit. But yeah, I'm feeling good, man. Not too bad. Game's thick and fast, aren't they? We have been for the past two months. So I feel like it's a game every two seconds nowadays, isn't there? But mm. uh, we're nearly at the end now, aren't we? 
I know I'll I'll be glad when this season is over, regardless of what happens with City, because dear me, um, it it's been it's been a taxing one. It has to be said. I'm looking forward to a little bit uh, a little bit of respite before before next year. Um, right, okay, let's sort of quickly because I obviously I wasn't on the show yesterday. Neither were you. If you haven't already, you can go back and listen to that one. But um, I'll give you five seconds. Thoughts on the Brighton game. <laughs> I loved it. It was such a fun game, wasn't it? I, I think we were talking in the group chat quite a bit because obviously you were there, you were talking mm-hmm. in the chat. Um, everyone loved it. Like It was so much fun watching um, like Brighton in detail, watching us just kind of have a bit of a training game almost. Mm-hmm. It, it turned into a bit of an end-to-end at one point, which was quite fun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I loved it. I don't know what it was like in the stadium, but it sounded good anyway, the atmosphere from on TV. Yeah. Yeah, it, to be fair, it was a class day and, and it was probably made all the better without having that tension of sort of, oh no, we've got to go to Brighton, we've got to get a get a result, you know, because that's what it looked like it would be the case for one time. Um, I, you know, I didn't know much about the game, it has to be said. I had to be told <laughs> in the 89th minute that Calvin Phillips had been had had in fact been playing for quite a number of time. I thought he just came on, but you know, hey-ho. Um, yeah, forgettable match in that sense, but I know what you mean. It, it really was, it really was a fun game and, and probably going to have a similar one against Brentford on Saturday. That's another team that I'm thinking, dear me, we've got away with not having to go away to them with something on the line because even though Brighton were were chasing Europa League football, they obviously needed a point to secure it. They got that. Brentford are out of that picture now, I think, anyway, depending on how results fall. Um, it would take a miracle, basically, for them to get, to get European football. But even still, they're a team who play with a lot of pride. They've taken some big scalps there this season. I remember a game against Liverpool where they absolutely demolished Liverpool. I know a couple of teams have done that this season, but what have you made of Brentford's season? Because I'm I'm enjoying the sort of like the Brighton, the Fulham, the Brentford, the teams who sort of have been written off at the start of campaigns in previous years, sort of dead certs to go down as relegation candidates. But I'm really enjoying them sort of shaking up the Premier League a little bit and, and adding a bit of variety to that top half. Yeah, I agree. I think Brentford are just a solid team all around, to be fair. They've got a lot of solid players. Mm. They don't have world-class players, but then again, they don't have the money that obviously the big six do have. Um, But they've just recruited very cleverly, really. They've used a lot of stats. Obviously, there's a lot of talk about money balling um, Mm. and the techniques that they do use. They love love XG. They love stats like that. And they're bringing players that ultimately fit their system, which is quite good. I think we are quite lucky that obviously Tony's got the band, so obviously they are missing the super striker. But even though they are, I mean, look at what Emblemo coming off the right and flank. He's nearly scored what like ten goals this year. He's mm. on fire. Um, you've got you've got solid all around. They obviously recruited Ben Mee in the summer, who's a former City lad himself, big City fan. Um, and he's he's had a stellar season, obviously coming off a relegation with Burnley as well. So all around, they're just a really solid team and I'd be very, very surprised if the team is quite similar next year with missing out on European football. Mm. I can see at least three of their players being taken elsewhere. And that's the worry, isn't it? We've seen it before with these seasons, uh, with these clubs. So, and we've seen it in seasons across Europe where, you know, maybe probably the most high profile example being Monaco in 2017 when they had that star studded team that reached the Champions League semi final and won League 1. Next season, it was a completely different outfit. And I'm not saying for a second, you know, I don't know, uh, Mbwemo's going to sign for Paris Saint Germain for £250 million. That's obviously not going to happen. But there, he's, a, he's a solid player and it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't surprise me if I don't know I'm looking at Newcastle I'm looking at even Brighton for example Aston Villa teams who are above them just above them maybe sneak in and take some of the players but you mentioned Ben Mee and, and, and for me I think by the obvious candidates of Ruben Diaz 
William Saliba, John Stones, maybe Lewis Dunks, Fen Botman, etc. He's got a solid shout to be one of the defenders of the season. And, and you think, obviously, he's mentioned he was relegated with Burnley last season. They got him for an absolute... They got, they got him for peanuts. He went to Brentford. Brentford were one of those teams pre-season sort of billed as one of one of the favourites to go down. I've been so impressed with him. And like you say, I know um, in here in the UK... He does a lot of media appearances, you know, for Sky Sports or BBC Match Today and stuff like that. I'm not quite sure how often he is on those broadcasts abroad, but he comes across really, really well. And having been a, a FA Youth Cup winning captain at Manchester City many, many years ago, it's fantastic to see him flourish. And he's a good lad and I'm really happy to see him at Brentford because he fits really well. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm quite lucky with Ben Mee. I, I I work with his cousin, you see, so I know oh. quite a bit. Yeah, I, I do know Ben Mee quite a well. name drop Just, there, just, there just a little go. name dropping. I've never met him. No, never met him. But yeah, I, I work um, closely with um, Ben's cousin, you see. Um, so I get to hear a little bit about, well, especially during the, during the summer when it was kind of mm. up in the air. But the thing is about Ben Mee is he is very well spoken. And I think he will go far in a media mm. career afterwards. He's on BBC Radio Manchester a lot. So whenever I can't see, watch the games, I usually listen to their commentary. He's yeah. always on there and he speaks so well about the game. He's knowledgeable. And why he hasn't had an England call up, especially in the recent squads, I think it's a joke. You've got people like Harry Maguire who aren't playing. And then you're literally looking at someone like Ben Mee, who is top 10 top 10 Premier League team pushing for probably top five Premier League centre-backs this season. Uh, it, it, it's just astonishing. Mm. And also, he's a, he's a big blue as well, which always does help. And always we always hold him in higher ground, as, as always. Once a blue, always a blue, as it goes. Yeah, yes, yeah, certainly. It's an interesting look at the table. He's been massively influential in this season. I remember at the start of the campaign when I was still interested in FPL, obviously with that start of the time of the year now where it's, it's I've not logged in for about a good <laughs> few months. But I remember at the start of the season, I had a friend who was, he was telling me like, what do you know? What what does Ben Me have on you? Because he keeps you've got him in his team and he keeps scoring goals and he keeps popping up with clean clean sheets. But I was like, you know, he's he's, a, he's an assured Premier League centre back, and for, for whatever price point it was, it was it was a superb steal. He's had a really really good season he's one of a number of Brentford players who've had a good season and they can actually um looking at the table I know I alluded to it before they can get your yeah we need, we need two two losses don't this we need yeah to lose and is it... Aston Villa is the other yeah. one against Brighton which you know maybe Brighton so I saw a fantastic tweet one of the tweets of the day actually someone said oh a Villa fan oh we, we, we really could do with um, Brighton sticking out the under 19s for the game against us but he went oh no actually they'd all be some South American wonder kids anyway so they'd probably be a better team and um, <laughs> it does feel like that doesn't it but um Sort of moving on to City's aspect of this game, and, and as always in part two, we'll we'll preview the personnel, and I know it sort of goes hand in hand, but just in terms of the season finale. Now, the last week or so, we've done so much about the the, the Premier League, winning the league, what it's meant, etc. I don't think you've been on one of those shows to share it, but if you have, I apologise. But in terms of this season, where do you sort of rank it amongst the great? Premier League title wins for Manchester City in terms of, you know, obviously Aguero's up there with one of the best, Centurions, etc. But for me, I, I keep repeating it. I think it has to be considered, even though it, it finished in such a sort of, not anticlimactic, but sort of like, a oh, that's it, we've won the league. I still think I need to repeat myself in saying that it's an incredible title win considering where City were at the turn of the year. And to do it, like to have had three matches which essentially mean nothing, is pretty impressive. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's one of them, even though we haven't had the big headlines of 100 points and all this. Mm. Um, we 
we just haven't been as consistent as we have been in previous years. I mean, we've alluded to it quite a bit, haven't we, over the past few weeks that prior to the Southampton game, we were, we were looking a bit shaky. We were looking a bit mm. devoid of ideas. Going forwards, there's a little bit here and there. And we had a 20-goal freak up front as well, and yeah. it still was a bit devoid of ideas. Um, so if, for me, just because of a change around alone and because of the tactics that we've implemented, the way we're playing nowadays, it's got to be one of the best. It has to be one of the best mm. um, titles that we've won because it, it, it isn't easy. It's probably one of the hardest ones we've won. Um, we have been pushed up until the end, obviously. Arsenal have died off, but I think we've killed them off. I don't think they died off. I think we killed them off quite a bit mm. of it. Um, but yeah, it's got it's one of the best for me as well. It's, it's got to be in the top sort of two, sort of top three, I think. The the table obviously will be done and dusted by full time at the G Tech Community Stadium. It's called it nowadays. Um, but City can finish on a maximum of ninety two points. Obviously, that draw against Brighton stunted their maximum points tally a little bit. Arsenal can finish on a maximum of eighty four. They're at home to Wolves. You know, let's assume they go out on a bang. Emirates Stadium. I'm sure they'd have recovered from missing out on the title. They want to send off their lads into the preseason with a big win. So let's stick them on eighty four points. Should City lose, that means they win the league by five points. Should City draw, means they win the league by six points. Should they win, it means they win the league by seven points. What do you want this season to end on in terms of the history books? Granted, you know, 115 charges as they keep banging on about who knows what will happen there. But let's assume they go they go without any issues. Do you want another 90-point season? Would you quite like it if Arsenal had, like, I don't know, that small gap, as small gap as possible so they can look back and go, oh, we only needed a win against Southampton and West Ham. We'd have been champions ourselves. Or do you want to break that 90-point barrier yet again? I mean, 90-point barrier is constantly talked about, isn't it? It's the elite teams always break it. I would love us to do it, personally. Um, mm. Albeit, doesn't really matter, does it, really? At the end mm. of the day, um, people aren't going to be talking in three or four years over oh, City team that broke 90 points, are they? <laughs> They're still going to talk about the Centurions. That's always going to be on the tip of people's tongues. If we do go up all the way, albeit, we're not going to talk about the points total in the future as well. So... I, I would like the 90 points, but that's just me as a fan. I've, I've mm. always liked the 90 points sort of seasons, um, but I don't think it's a huge sort of push. I don't think that Pep's going to think is a push. I think the main goal for Brentford is just to get everybody over the line, sort of safe and well, get a bit mm. of form into some players, and then end on a high, albeit going into two of the, two, the, the two biggest games of the season. Yeah, two more wins, isn't that? That's all we, we need, mm. really. Um, yeah, I think I, I would like, you know, I'm going to lose sleep over it if City lose against Brentford and, and they don't get over that 90-point barrier. But I think when you look back on maybe 10, 15, 20, 30 years' time and you look at this Guardiola City team, it would be nice to have like a, a consistent 100 points, 97, 98, whatever it was, you know, 94, whatever. Whatever it may come to be, I think it'd be nice to have as many as possible. So I'm going to say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take a point, um, I think, on Sunday and, and we'll we'll. we'll call it that um that'll do for part two join us momentarily as we start to discuss who might feature for city in the final league game of the season welcome back to the city report podcast your last episode of the week if you haven't already there is tons and tons and tons of content you can go back and listen to just search city report podcast on your feed if you aren't follow subscribe leave a rating a review as usual Quickly then, before we get into the personnel, a, a quick news story that was breaking yesterday. There is talk amongst the city sort of hierarchy that they may actually have to change their kit, not because of, uh, sorry, uh, they'll have to change the kit for the two finals into next season's already released home shirt. 
that is because of this sort of design headache that's come about with the i don't know what you call it like commemorative writing or something like that you usually see it go across the chest obviously city have a central badge this year i'm just looking at it over my shoulder and, it, and, and i can see where they are having issues because i'm not quite sure where it would fit on the kit personally i think i, I piss me off if we change the kit i think that 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 colin bell kit as, we, as it's been come to know has been fantastic are you bothered is it that big of a deal or is it are you a bit like me where the, those irrational things really make you want to lose sleep at night I just don't understand it. I, I, obviously, it's going to be from a corporate sort of thing. They, they probably want to try and flog the shirts, don't they, afterwards? Yeah. Special Champions League winners or Champions League final, mid-date and all that sort of stuff. It's, it's going to be for a financial decision. But as a fan, you, we played in this kit all year. Mm. We want to see our team win the league in this kit. This is what, if, if we ever, so you always look at the kits over the past years, every kit means something. And hopefully this is going to mean our first ever Champions League. Not just mm. a game we played one, just not a, a kit we played one yeah. game in at the end yeah. of the year. It makes no sense. Uh, mm. As a fan, you want to see, I want to see Ilkay Gundogan lifting the trophy, wearing the kit that he's lifted, mm. hopefully two other trophies in that year as well. So yeah, I'm with you. It pissed me off. That 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 that's the important point as well, isn't it? Because obviously the the kept the tradition and they kept the this season's kit for the Premier League trophy win. Say they do change it for the FA Cup or they change it for the Champions League, and we do win the competition, it will just look weird. You know, you'll have all the trophy lists side by side, and then one's in one kit. Um, I think we're in the home kit for every final, so it wouldn't be like you know one was an away kit or whatever. It would just look a bit weird. And and on top of that as well, if City lost one of those finals. Uh, and, and obviously the Champions League final, which is the last game. How shit would that be next season when we're coming out in the first game of the season wearing the same shirt, thinking about all those memories of a terrible, terrible defeat to Inter Milan? Obviously, touch wood, it doesn't happen. But I, I just feel like it, I can understand why a Liverpool would wear their new kit when they've not got anything to play for at the end of a season. You know, get, get the exposure out there a little bit, maybe up the sales. But when City have these monumental matches, oh, I don't know. Uh, maybe this is my superstition talking. Maybe one of the listeners will calm me down. But I, I just hope if anyone from City is listening, do whatever you can. Put the commemorative writing on the bloody, on, on the players' arses, on the shorts, something like that. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but anything, anything but wearing the new kit. Um Right, okay, let's wrap up today then and, and start to look ahead to who might play against Brentford because if picking a Pep Guardiola team is difficult enough in normal seasons, it, it's become entirely a different concept nowadays, hasn't it? Especially since we wrapped up the, the, the title. Um, before we sort of speak about individual positions, is there anyone that stood out for you in this sort of rotated crop of squad players in the last couple of games? I know Phil Foden's obviously not necessarily a squad player, but he, he, he's had the the issue with appendicitis and he's come back looking really strong. Took a little bit of a knock against Brighton, but it, it looks like he's going to be okay. Calvin Phillips, Cole Palmer, uh, Sergio Gomez, other players have had some minutes. Is there anyone that stood out for you and sort of you, you'd quite like to see in the team from the off against Brentford? I mean, it's got to be Rico Lewis, isn't it? He's been fantastic yeah, over the last yeah. few games. But I feel like there's a core group of City fans who are Rico Lewis sort of fanboys, and I'm one of them. I think he's meant. <laughs> I, I, I actually saw him give the ball away at Brighton for the first time ever, and he, <laughs> and he, and he was still man of the match. I'm like, what yeah, is happening yeah, here? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, as you were saying, like the Foden, your Palmer's has been fantastic. Palmer's just got like a direct approach that mm. other people don't have. Like there was uh, in Brighton, it's it, it like a snapshot from like. 18 from like the edge of the mm. 18 yard box and he hits it with such venom I'd, I'd like to see Palmer get a start personally um, 
hopefully Rodri don't play. I'd quite like mm. Rodri to have a bit of a rest. That'd be mm. good. Put put Phillips in there. Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen with Stones, with him being potentially taken off due to an injury. We don't know. Um, so that bat line, he's an FPL nightmare, isn't he, Pep? <laughs> You've got no idea. I wouldn't be surprised if we if we could just recall Taylor Howard Bellis and just shove yeah. him in the back or something. It wouldn't even yeah. surprise me at this stage. No, it's funny when you mentioned Rico Lewis and I was listing the squad players. In my mind, he wasn't even in that sort of crop because he, he was that established and he's been that important this season. I, you know, for me, he's like a he's a bona fide sort of member of this team, and I didn't even it didn't even clock to me that he he was one of those sort of rotated players. But you bang on, I think he's been fantastic, especially the last two games. We've really started to see him when the pressure isn't necessarily on him because I think he wobbled maybe a little bit around. February time I want to say I think there's a Wolves game at home where he was taken off at half time and you could tell right okay this is you know he's still a kid he's still a young lad learning his trade but when you when you eliminate that pressure he does certainly sort of look a lot more composed and a lot more um, free to do what he wants to do and Calvin Phillips was another one as well I thought he was superb against Chelsea disappointed not to see more of him well maybe I did see more of him but I couldn't remember against <laughs> no I think, I think he came on early 80s mate I think he did come on early right 80s. that reassures yeah. me a little bit then but um, um, but yeah, I, I, you know, they're, they're the sort of plays you want to see in these final games and, and make a claim going into pre-season. I don't think we can under, underestimate the importance of this little spell for the likes of Calvin Phillips, Rico Lewis, uh, even Sergio Gomez. You know, who knows if he's going to stay, if he's going to go out on loan, whatever. Um, there was obviously, you mentioned it, the, the John Stones niggle, as Pep Guardiola likes to say. That's a concern, isn't it? You know, Champions League final to come, FA Cup final before that. I know City have to play these players to keep them in top form, but I guess it's about finding the balance, who stays on, who comes off, who who's rotated, who's not. And the, the last thing City need at the moment, and I think this is what is City's biggest issue, really, is losing those two finals on their own accord. Because we all know City can batter Man United. Yes, it's a derby. Anything can happen in a cup final. Similarly with Inter Milan, Champions League final, who knows what, who's feeling the pressure or whatnot. But considering the run City have had, and I know the, the lads spoke about it a lot last night and have spoken about it this week as well, it, there is a worry, isn't there, these three games in the Premier League, which essentially mean nothing, could maybe rock the boat a little bit and, and you're just hoping that it's treated as somewhat of a mini pre-season because I don't know about you but I think City always starts slow in, in sort of in, in at the start of a campaign so I'm just hoping that that isn't the case maybe I'm, I'm looking for a bit of comfort and, and hopefully you can provide it but I wonder if maybe we would have taken the league to the last day it would have been better for the final chances I don't know I don't know it's lady looking at the end of the day with, with John Stones mm. he's, he's, he had to play last night we, we had no no one was centre backs travel. Yeah. He kind of had to play, really. Um, <laughs> and also, John Stones is a bit superhuman at this moment in time. I can see, I, I, I really don't see John Stones uh, playing, um, if uh, play, it was starting, especially mm. um, at, at the weekend. I reckon he'll, he'll get a good rest. And we need him to. He's been our standout centre, centre our standout, one of the standout players all year. Um, hopefully, he can get that time and then come straight back for the two finals because he's our. He's our man who's going to keep everybody quiet, keep all their strikers quiet, keep the goals to a minimum. And then he'll probably go in centre mid and just set up two goals and score that trick because he's John Stones and he's one of the best players in world football at this moment in time. 
Yeah, that, that's probably going to happen. Um, Phil Foden, another one I said, who got, who got taken off because of a suspected injury. He was back in training the day after the Brighton game. So he, he doesn't look to be as serious. John Stones, I still think there's a question mark over him, whether or not it's precautionary. Um, to finish, then, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna give you the, the hardest question at the moment. And I'm going to say, if you've got a... Um, do you remember like the old FIFA Ultimate Team cards where you could just sort of oh, make, yeah. people, make people immune to injuries? This is going well back. I think they got rid of him, but you could sort of just say, like a hundred health or something like that, um, and they would they would never get injured in the games. If you had one of them for a city player in these next couple of weeks, where you could give it to them and they would make like one whatever happened. I'm not saying everyone else is going to get injured because of it, but whatever happened, they are guaranteed to be 100 fit, can play 90 minutes in every single game, both finals, etc. Who would you pick? You can only pick one person, but who would you pick? Without a shadow of a doubt, it's Rodri. Uh, he is the key to our team. He, he is above Harland. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've we, we got Alvarez to come in uh, for yeah, Harland. And yeah. Alvarez, is, Alvarez is straight up there, one of the best strikers in the world. Above John Stones? Uh, above John Stones, yeah, I, I think so. I, I just think Rodri is just key. He's just rare. He, he's always... He, it's the fact that he connects the defence to the attack consistently. He mm. breaks up attacks. He's constantly playing killer balls through. He's just like... He, he reads the game. Do you know like when, when you're skipping forward on like Sky or when you're, yeah. Sky, when you're skipping forward? He's watching it on times two and we're all watching <laughs> it on times one. It's mental how he views the uh, game. He's, he's, he's honestly so fascinating to watch. As, as a proper football fan, he's fascinating to watch how he, mm. how, how he literally just controls the game. Himself. So yeah, for me, it's got to be Rodri. Um, he's my, I think he's like a fitness card or whatever it was, but yeah, <laughs> Just, just keep him safe, please. Wrap him in whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think it's um, it's a good way of saying it. Actually, when he's watching it on sort of like times one point five times two, it is it is a good way of saying it. Um, my pick then. Oh fuck it! Let's say Sergio Gomez for the last. Um, right, okay, <laughs> he were in Copenhagen for me. We're not having it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Dear me, we don't need another uh, a Champions League game with a penalty missed this year, do we? Christ, I've seen one. You've seen one away from home. Um, I've seen two actually. Dear me, God, no. Maybe, maybe it's third time lucky in Istanbul. Um, right, okay, Luke. It's been, it's been, uh, it's been a whirlwind, but it's been fun. Thank you very much for joining us. Pleasure as always, mate. Um, as always, follow, subscribe if you are new around here. City Report Pod on all social media platforms. Until next week, FA Cup previews will be in your inbox next week. So until then, we'll see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running, and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply, see mcdonalds.com. And there 
there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.